Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's... There's no need to fear. Hey everybody, welcome back to Super Black, an all-black panel podcasting experience where we talk about all things superhero, past, present, and future. From Marvel and DC to anime, there is no stone we will leave unturned as we take a deep dive into the genre of super-powered individuals and the worlds they inhabit. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Zuri Washington. I use she, her pronouns, and you can follow me on IG at Zuri with a fringe on top. That's Zuri with a Z, not Suri with an S. I'll leave it to the rest of today's super panel to introduce themselves. Take it away. This is Rose Andre, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rolsey, R-O-L-L-S-I-E, actor, comic book nerd, lover of pop culture. I am. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is James. Uh, you can follow me at Jamal James on Instagram. You can also follow me on TikTok at Better Magic. I am an actor and overall comic book nerd here to talk. Hi, everybody. Omar Washington here. He, him, pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at copyright. That's C-O-P-E-R-Y-T-E. Comic book fan, fan of movies, sci-fi, fantasy, all that good stuff. Ready to have fun. Hey, Corinne Scott, she, her pronouns. You can find me on Instagram at I am Corinne Scott, one R, two N's and an E. I have opinions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, don't forget to follow the podcast itself at Super Black Podcast on IG, or you can follow us on Twitter at Super Podcast. But now that we are all assembled, let's get started. So today we have a very special guest. You may know him best as Carl Pinkney on Fox's Gotham, or perhaps as Hutch from the short-lived but supremely epic Netflix-produced Millerverse series, Jupiter's Legacy. Please, panel, give a warm welcome to Ian Quinlan. Thanks for coming out today, or coming out. We're in our houses. What am I talking about? <laughs> well, I got for, dressed. Right? That, that, you got that, dressed. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> You basically yeah. outside. Thanks <laughs> so, for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. I know I know that we went to school together. I'm not gonna like be like, oh, thanks for like what we went to school together. You're a few years older than me, and I always have looked up to you as a fellow actor. And I remember when I saw you on Broadway in The Lion King, because you were young Simba back in the yeah. day. And that what a time that was for me, because that started my love of all things theatrically related of course so it's so it's so, so good to have you here thank you very much i appreciate it yeah it's been a minute yeah yeah could you speak more because i know you're from queens can you speak to being a new york city kid and growing up here in the city oh yeah i mean like what's to say i mean city the city makes you grow up fast obviously i think there's just so much to do and so much to see as a kid like especially like being on Broadway at a very early age, that was pretty wild and eye-opening and getting to experience like, you know, theater and like the epitome of being on like a Broadway New York theater is pretty epic and wild. We went to a pretty 
rigorous high school and middle school that was like super academic. It's like basically a gossip girl school. It's mentioned in like three places. It's mentioned in the Devil Wears Prada, American Psycho, and uh, I forget where else. But, or because you're on, we basically went to Slytherin. We basically went to Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not wrong. He's yeah. completely correct. <laughs> <laughs> the city gave me a, a deep appreciation for art and culture and yeah i just love the city what is the thing that most inspires you to continue because you also have gotten into directing in your adulthood what continues to inspire you to go further into the arts and yeah um deeper? i sort of see myself as sort of like like a storyteller in general and that doesn't necessarily have to be telling that story from the position of acting. I think like, and that's something I really enjoy. I like being, um, as a director, I feel like I'm the first audience member. So I get to like watch other people do things. I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. And just like kind of affirm and like very much encourage and then watch the thing come to life and help guide whenever necessary. Like helping, especially when it comes to new plays, I like working with playwrights and like helping them develop, like working together to develop the story. Like I'll try to, bring what they wrote to life, or sometimes we'll have to like unpack with them. Like, can you tell me more about what you're trying to convey here so we can like help bring this to life, you know? And I think, um, yeah, like that's kind of a dream of mine. It's always been to be like an actor, director, writer, producer, because I just like the idea of telling stories about human nature. And I think it's the art of empathy. I think it's about like learning about why we do what we do and how we relate to one another. And yeah, I just find like any way I can help contribute to that awesome collaborative experience is like, I'm happy to wear many hats. So I keep thinking, because in in my family, I'm a well-known Gotham hater. And that's only because what? I, I love, <laughs> listen, I love Batman. Thanks so much. This has been great. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I love Batman with my entire heart and soul. But there was something about Gotham that supremely bothered me, which was specifically just the bringing in of villains, certain villains, way too, way too, way too early in the mythos. And so that continued to bother me as the series went on. There were great performances. I loved like the grandiosity of it all. I bring that up only to say the human, you talk about human nature mm -hmm. and exploring human nature. And I think what, Batman in general does and what Gotham still did pretty well was exploring the human nature of these villains and how they grew to be so like these big bads that we know today and so I what was your experience like working on Gotham and being Carl Pinkney who was what was his title as a, de a detective or he wanted to be a detective eventually but uh, he only made it to officer he was like straight out fresh out of the academy kind of like part of a new uh, SWAT team. Right. Yeah. So he was like a, he was like a specialized officer, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like, I love what I loved about Gotham specifically. First of all, I do love Batman. I love, and I, and I especially love the villains of Batman. I think, you know, as opposed to Superman, Superman's villains are really just like strong dudes who heard that there's a strong dude on earth and come to fight the strong dude. In which case, like, why doesn't Superman just leave? Because he's kind of the major, he's the main problem. <laughs> you know, except for Lobo. Lobo is the coolest Superman villain because he refers to himself not even as the third person, but as the main man, which yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the Batman villains are all really interesting because they they all have a message about, like, they are the chaos that's sort of like the Batman's like uh, law and order and his sort of rules, especially the Joker. I think he's 
constantly ch challenging what we think and what values we hold in society. And I think that's just like, he's like, by always giving us, like, especially Heath Ledger's Joker was like, constantly giving people a Sophie's choice to sort of challenge them of like, mm. what do you actually hold dear? You know, he says like, soldiers die all the time, but I want to kill a mayor, one little mayor and everybody goes crazy, you know? What I loved about Gotham was that we sort of start to explore the theatricality that we that we bring to that show was like really amazing. Like one of the things about the costumes was there to give it this timeless effect, everything is borrowed from different decades. So like my my uniform is styled from the FBI fighters uh, or SWAT team from the 80s, but my hairstyle is from the 50s and the guns are from today. That's why you'll see some people with like flip phones, but then also like rotary phones. So it gives us sort gotcha. of like timeless theatricality because I think it's like that's what we're trying to show that these things kind of happen all throughout the decades. I loved, <laughs> I really did love working with like, Corey was amazing as the Riddler. I think he's just like super calculated and super funny. I, like he brought a, like a little bit of like humor to the, to the role that I didn't think was like, that I never wouldn't really see with Riddler before. Am I answering your question or am I just rambling? Oh, <laughs> both. I love all of the above. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just want to say Ian, if, if it makes you feel any better as a member of her family, I actually like Gotham. Thank you very much. You have good taste. That's just <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I think. Listen. Is it, a this is... is it a compliment if it's just obvious? Zuri, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, we, we could get into this conversation another day, but I still stand by my distaste for certain aspects of Gotham. I will always, I love the performances. The performances are great. I cannot fault the performances. That's not my gripe with the show. Yeah. I have other gripes with the show, but that's because I'm a huge Batman nerd. And I just was like, I don't know if I like Leslie and Jim Gordon getting together. I don't know if I like that. Oh, I, yeah. I <laughs> for me, I think once I, um, I got it in my head that it had to be an alternate universe because I had a problem with it at first as well. Right, because mm -hmm. I was like, this is not accurate. What? what? But yeah. I said, you know what? This has to be an alternate universe. This cannot be. You know, they have all these villains that are popping up way before Batman ever came about, and it, that makes no sense, not to that level. And I said, mm -hmm. so it has to be. It has to be an alternate universe. And I once thought, I, I once I looked great. at it from that vein, it was fine. Gotcha. I thought I, I thought it was good, except till they got to the Joker. Oh, you and didn't then, like, and then 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 really. He was wonderful. No, 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 no. But don't get me wrong. He was wonderful. His performance is great. But they, I don't think they, they were like kind of like, no, he's not the Joker. Like they kept like, like, like backpedaling on it. Uh, and I was like, I was like, is that really the Joker? Um, because I think it was good. I don't mind the Riddler being a little older than Batman. I don't mind the Penguin being a little older than Batman. But the, the but the Joker, I think should kind of be kind of in his in his whatever and and i thought yeah. oh they did it and then they just they, they backpedaled from it and i was like oh that kind of alternate universe <laughs> and, and it works yeah <laughs> I, yeah i really liked all those iterations of it's, whether it's... you were or like just jerome or cameron like i thought he was just fantastic yeah he oh, was wonderful like, he yeah. was wonderful it's hard for me to talk about this show because i like, felt so many different things as has, has said so like it and there are times that i have liked it but i i and i have a lot of thoughts about that show Listen, make your coin but like <laughs> corey's work as the riddler it's uh, ian corey's work as the riddler is is one of the best things about that show and i i i, I love that show because of his work 
Yeah. That's where I feel. I, I feel about the writing, but I don't feel like there should be Joker twins. But that's like, it's just feel about it. But I, the actors who are there are doing great. We're doing great work. Yeah. They were doing great. Yeah. Work. Like opera so level acting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, we yeah. We also didn't have you on no, here to tell you all the problems Hard. we have with Gotham. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, didn't no even, listen, I didn't mean to start a train. I did not mean to start a train. I only I, mention it because I'm being honest and I'm not going to lie to everybody and be like, whatever. But you're like, all performances are great. And your experience of the show is really informative to me uh, about like how the world came about because I didn't know like where all the different pieces came from or why there was a rotary phone in one scene and a flip phone in another. I, I love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like that makes the world more engaging and interesting to me in the building of the lore. So like, thank you for that. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you get into nerddom? Oh. <laughs> what is your origin story? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I've just always liked comic books and, and like, I mean, growing up with the card, like the Batman, the Batman cartoon. The animated um, series. The animated series was like wild. Like I think yes. Phantom Menace like got me really hooked. I was like, was that what was, was it called? Uh, the no. The first. Something the, the, oh, um, the Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, Mask yeah, Phantasm. Mask of Phantasm. Like That's when right. they came, that was, cause I was in theaters when it first came out. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what? I was like, they make movies too. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, yes. And like, cause that one was like dark for kids. Yeah. We're scary. Like the Clayface episode is like terrifying. Oh, so baby, good. Baby doll who's like staring at her adult self. It's like, there was some adult stuff in that cartoon. Uh, and yeah. I was like, this is deep. <laughs> like this is so and i was like comic when books Batgirl dies and so we're talking about we're talking about like the that is uh like the killing joke that yeah. it, i don't think they did that in the animated series no they didn't do that in the animated series or yes they did they did um, it's in it's where in, she um, died it's the it's it might be yeah, a dream over the edge the episode oh, well. it's for it when might be they, a scarecrow thing the batman the animated series superman the animated series then they had Batman and the animated series, and like it's like right when the animation changed a little bit. Oh, when that animation changed, right? Gotcha. When the right animation changed, when they kept they were still doing Batman stories with Kevin Conroy and Mark. But that Hamill. was a they scarecrow a thing, thing. Over the edge. That's yeah, a yeah, scarecrow yeah, yeah. thing where she. So she didn't really. She, she, dark, no, she didn't really die. But, but no, she died, no. and then Gordon uh, went after Batman because he's like, "I've known who you were this whole time, and <laughs> you killed my daughter." And that was like. It was dark. Thing. It was like oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's like they they, they were just like those right. those series were really uh, stories were amazing, and then the Michael Keaton movies like Danny DeVito as Penguin. Oh my those god! Like those were like Shakespeare level performances, and like Jack Nicholson as the original Joker. I was like, this is wild, and so there was <laughs> there was just yeah, there was just so much cool stuff growing up, and then I just kind of got hooked, and then in high school I started reading a lot more comics. I just like started buying a lot. Like I was like I got I had to I had to cut back because I was like. Remember when they were doing like House of M mm -hmm. at Marvel? That's when Marvel started their whole marketing ploy of like um, to get the whole understanding of the universe. You have to get all of these like special issues. And then, yep. Yeah. And I was even I got mm -hmm. deep into like when they had the reporters reporting on Civil War. Like, uh, they, like this, uh, when the when the reporters got their own story arcs and and like there was one like conservative news journalist and one like liberal one. I I bought both of those. I was like. <laughs> RIP uh, my allowance. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I'm spending a lot of money on this, and I should stop. Uh, what was the first comic you ever bought? Do you remember? 
Oh man. Um, thanks. I, I don't remember my first comic. I should, cause I was like, I was like, uh, I, in the beginning I was like tertially really like buying comics. I was like, yeah. So I can't really remember my, like my first, like one, the one that like I loved the most was, uh, secret, the secret war. Um, where like they were like, uh, mm-hmm. Daredevil, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Captain America, and Wolverine all go to what is it, Latveria La or Latvia, where Doctor Doom is from? Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and like the painting, like they were, they were all they were painted pictures. So like the the graphics on that were just freaking gorgeous. I'm just obsessed with that whole arc. I kept like I bought all the holographic ones, like kept them like in mint condition, like oh, yeah. for years. <laughs> <laughs> what about y'all? You got a favorite comic or a favorite? I mean, I mean, mine is, uh, I started reading, well, started reading uh, Miss Marvel. Mm. So with Kamala Khan, and that has brought me a lot of joy. It's so interesting. Our last episode, we were just talking about how it's more, or for us, at least it's more engaging to experience a superhero as a teenager and to see them grow up yeah. rather than someone who is already grown and to see their progression from you know like mid 40s forward because as a human being we, so many of our changes life changes happen within 15 years of being 18 i mean you graduate high school you go to college traditionally wise you meet a partner you get married you have kids you get a job all that stuff yeah and so i mean right now with Miss Marvel, she's still very much in high school. But Loki came and visited. That was fun. Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say that um, for me, uh, I I think I like Ian. I used to read comics when I was a little boy, and then when I finally discovered one franchise, like one one group, it was the X Men. And the first comic book I bought was X-Men 172. And I, that was, that, cre- that's, I spent thousands of dollars. <laughs> like, after that, like, because I bought this one comic book. And it was, um, it was a golden era, you know, it was like, it was like Cl- Chris Claremont on the X-Men. And it was amazing, you know, amazing stuff. So that I mean, now that's what made me a, a collector. I, I have a quick question for for Ian. Um, yeah. Of the stuff that's going around right now with superheroes, are you uh, are you a big Marvel fan, or are you a big DC fan, or are you a b- bit of both right now? Like, what's what's your bread mm-hmm. and butter? Is there anything that you've been watching or seeing recently that's like, oh yeah, yeah? Um, love, I'm like loving the Marvel universe right now. I just saw Hawkeye during I, I had to quarantine a few weeks back, and like caught up on Hawkeye, which was like Home Alone for adults. <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, haven't like, seen it. Like, Marvel, like Marvel is at Uh-oh. least able to make fun of itself a little bit more Omar. than DC is, which yeah. I really enjoy. Like, like what the, when Taika Waititi took over, for, took over Thor, I was like, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody like Space God can like actually be a funny take, you know? <laughs> uh, and, um, love guardians of the galaxy i'm obsessed with them like i think it's just so funny i think it's just like 
80 Space Cowboys is definitely my jam. Um, music is great. Though, I will say, I'm obsessed with Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I will watch all of those movies. That movie had oh. everything. That movie was Baywatch, Jurassic Park. Not Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch. Wow. Wow. 40 and then jumping it into was. the ocean. Baywatch. You just, you just needed more slow motion for that one, right? Yeah, it's like it's like the rock with like like journey to the center of the earth. We got that like <laughs> with hair. It had pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. It was everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, mad at Jason. No, I, 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 I loved his work in that movie. It's big. Yeah, he's like I think it's like that's that's me. Was like yeah. Now we're in the right direction. Everything. Although like also I love. I love Ben Affleck Batman because Ben Affleck Batman is a great Bruce Wayne. People don't, people like, like the reason why, yeah, like people believe that that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like people believe Ben Affleck wrote half of Goodwill Hunting. Like he was there, but (laughs) (laughs) I know he was in the same room, but like, I don't know. You like you like Ben Affleck. You like Ben Affleck. You like Ben Affleck Batman in what movie? Because they were kind of different. I mean, like, I think he should have gotten his own movie eventually. Because, like, I think it's just funny because he plays a great Bruce Wayne, which is like, remember when he's like sneaking in in Batman v Superman, and he's like sneaking into Lex Luthor's like party, and then the security guard finds him. He's like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. like, you single?" And she's like, "Get out of my face!" Like, that's what Bruce Wayne does. That's that's the facade of Bruce Wayne, and I think he played that. He's played that the best of all of the Batmans. You know what I mean? That like yeah. he's just this bro. He's this Boston bro. <laughs> Ian, Ian um, I'm wondering, is there, that, yeah. is there a role you want to play in the Marvel or DC universe? Is, oh, there, is yeah. there something in there? There is a, like somebody, a fan, when I was doing Jupiter's Legacy, posted like they that they wanted me to play Jason Todd. Which I would love to play. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Y'all heard it here first. We're starting a campaign. campaign right? <laughs> yeah. If they ever adapt that storyline, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know they started doing it on. Is it on Titans? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 yeah Titans. Out there. That's a DC person, a Marvel person. I'm trying to think. Um, because there aren't many biracial superheroes out there. If you're Is telling it? me. You know what I mean? Are you biracial? <laughs> <laughs> I look at the or do they or do they not touch on enough people's backgrounds for you to know? Well, I mean, I mean like, there are, oh, I remember when the first Iron Man came out and I Googled biracial superheroes and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and mm. I don't remember anyone coming up. The first time I saw myself on screen was in uh Thor the best one <laughs> and <laughs> the only one um with tessa thompson and i was like right. oh finally i see myself but canon wise in the comics she is not right mixed. right but even miles morales didn't exist until 2011 so a lot of these characters wow. have come about in the last 10 years <laughs> literal yeah. 10 years not when we were kids i would also if if they would have me, I'd love to play Aqualad in the next Aquaman movie. I was literally gonna say, you yeah. be, I was like Aqualad, Aqualad, you know? say Aqualad. Yeah, <laughs> so it'd be so awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I see the I, I was so glad when they had Aqualad in uh, 
Young Justice yes. really yeah. delved into his storyline um, in the context yeah. of the Atlantean civil wars and things that are happening. I don't know what's happening in Atlantis sometimes, but um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think Aqualad would be really good. Does um, he have blue hair in Young Justice? I think it's what? Uh, blonde, He's blonde, white. I have I not watched the new season. I'm not gonna lie. There's- there's two Aqualads in, in, in Young Justice. There's like, I guess that's true. Well, he became yeah, Aquaman. Got, no. One yeah. of them became Aquaman. Yeah. Calder, yeah. Cal, Calder is his name? Calder, right? Calder, yeah, 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 he's yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the second one, though. I can't remember what he That was like the original one who becomes like Tempest later on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been hard for me to pin down the storyline, actually, sometimes. They deal, with, oh, they deal a lot with time and a lot of people. They're jumping all over the place. Yes, they are. They're everywhere. Like mm-hmm. there's like there's there's like two there's two seasons worth of arcs happening simultaneously right now. <laughs> yeah. There's there's like the whole thing that happened on Mars and like the the, uh, the Legionnaires from the future and then spoiler alert and then there's like then there's this whole thing with magic and mystery aplenty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm, like, um, I'm trying to get <laughs> left off. But anyway, speaking ago. speaking of uh, going back to Jupiter's legacy, I. Was so when when you had an announced or when they started putting up all the uh, promotion material for Jupiter's Legacy, and I was like, "Wow, I know someone who's basically like a super person, like that, or has like super uh, identity history um, within the context of a greater universe." Yeah. For those who have not, uh, for listeners who have not yet seen Jupiter's Legacy, again, it's on Netflix, and it will be on Netflix in perpetuity. And I wish they could have a second season so we could see what <laughs> the heck happens. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta read the comments. I like, I like the show. I, Thank you, you know, I did, I did. I like the show when I when I first saw it. I mean, the first episode, I wasn't convinced. Um, mm. it, 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 I wasn't convinced at first. It looked a little campy or whatever, but but then uh, afterward, for some reason, it just it took hold. And um, I think the mystery of the whole the island and the the the, the character, the betrayal of the friend, uh, like it was that was a story I really wanted to see play out. I really wanted to see that play mm-hmm. out. So yeah, um, but it was it was great. It was great, and it was it was it was kind of unique, I guess, as superhero uh, powers go, superhero origins, because it wasn't just one superhero getting its power from a source. It was a group, yeah. and it was very different, very different. It's in powers bestowed from uh, you know, it's almost like um, powers bestowed from like, like an alien race, kind of like, like Quasar. Power Ranger or Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Rangers or Quasar. Yeah. So, you know, somebody gives you these oh, yeah. powers so that you can go forth and be guardians or whatever. And you know, yeah. um yeah, so it's it's interesting. Yeah. Can you can you speak more to your experience working with in the Miller verse? Because that's a whole that's a whole other thing, right? We usually talk about DC and Marvel and um, but the Miller verse is starting to get some shine in the last like five years or so. Like because uh, the, sure. the, the Kingsman, which I was watching the other day, and I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot that this is the Millerverse too." And the kick ass, kick ass, and yeah, it's uh, really getting yeah. some shine in the last like five to t- to ten yep. years. Yeah, I think I mean like it's great. I mean, it's like to be on the. I mean, it was pretty epic being on the you know pioneering pilot project to launch this this new company that's trying to be like Millerverse is trying to like compete now with Marvel and DC. It's try, like so we really were like very excited to like. We thought at the time we were like we're about to do something very huge 
and you know it did have it did have a it made a big splash it just didn't have a long lasting splash uh ripple effect but yeah it's a i really like mark miller's work like growing up i read a lot of his stuff when he was working at when he was working at marvel and um i'd like the i like the subject matters that he was dealing with it was like i like I, um like how do i describe it I, i'd like the he deals with comics i mean with superheroes and how they function in society specifically in uh with like politics and governing and where is this like where's the line between like the people who have power but submit themselves to authority of government and like in order to like maintain some sort of semblance of equality or like some semblance of rules and regulations but like that was the whole thing of like what actually what are what are our values who are we and how do we want to live our lives because like these superheroes like their children were lacking in any sort of morals and were ready to like take over the world because they could you know and so and i like that he he that's where he sort of starts starts to deal with values and like yeah, I really just I really enjoyed working on that. It was like, and I liked being I like I loved being able to first be like a biracial superhero, and also be <clears throat> not necessarily a hero but an antihero, and be sort of like mm-hmm. this, the the constant challenger to all of these ideals, and just be like the free radical. It was a blast. Was Mark Miller directly involved at all? Did you did y'all get to pick his brain or do anything along those lines? No, he was like he was he was around for the beginning, but I I was actually I only came in second like second quarter of shooting oh sure there was a whole pre-production section for like all mm-hmm. the superheroes to get superhero fit and everything um yeah. that happened before i showed up so i think he was around gotcha. for the beginning they all got to meet meet and greet and then like he was uh he was living in scotland the whole time and like watching from a distance and yeah. giving notes to production yeah. yeah but we still talk like he was like he's he's very active like we like he was always like hitting us up and available for notes or whatever yeah that's so that cool is- because like in, nice. the, in, the, in the grand scope of like all these universes, most of the people who started the big ones are dead. And so to be able to have that source is really great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. Super cool. I, I think the problem, because I want to echo Omar's sentiments of saying that I feel like the show was canceled far too early. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, there's a third season of Emily in Paris. I don't want to talk about don't it. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> She's still in Paris. Is oh she still God. there? Get out. Is she still looking for love? Is she still looking for the person? And I'm just like, my brain is like, like I, I actually was hurt a little bit when Cowboy Bebop got canceled because I think, I think that there is less less um opportunity for people to be like oh let's explore rich storytelling let's explore new storytelling instead of just giving like if you think that a show needs to find its footing great give them time i don't don't give footing to shows that you already know what to expect like that's where i'm i'm like i i don't need i don't i need more surprises and i feel like sometimes netflix can just shoot itself in the foot being like oh they we we don't know what this is yet and i'm like you you should find out let find out he Mark Millard, but he did write the story arc for Civil War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. I that still to me is one of the quintessential like arcs of comic books like for life for me. Like I just love I love that arc between Iron Man and Captain America. It's, it's one of oh, my yeah. favorites. But I wish that Netflix would take a little bit would would be fine with more experimentation sometimes. And I felt that way with the yeah. show. I th- that's how I felt with the show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that like there's so much superhero stuff that now it's like people have like you know these bean counters 
They can be like, well, this movie made this much money, this series made this much money in this much time. And and now they're just impatient. It's like if you're not gonna like I'm I'm not saying they're judging it on quality. I'm I'm saying they're judging it on on ter- in terms of economy. Like they're like superhero series cost a lot of money to make. And if it's not like getting like like major Ray lose it. And I I'm not saying I think that's a good idea. I hate that. I, I hate that that there's like so much stuff out there that people are just like kinda like they're not taking time to let it mature, to let it, to let the audience find it, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh, capitalism. I think, I think, yeah, I think business comes first, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, shows like Young years. Justice were made to sell toys. The, the. What? Yeah, Young Justice was originally what? made to sell toys. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm so sorry. I, I'm on my phone because my computer battery died, so you're cut off. I can only see, like, this much of your face. You mean they're just manipulating me? <laughs> they don't care about the art? What? <laughs> what? But, what? I, no, I remember when I was reading about that, like, they were like, oh, we need to sell toys. It wasn't like, they were like, oh, we need to make a series. The purpose was to sell toys. How can yeah. we sell more toys? For, for what? For which show? For Young, for young, young Justice, Justice, the animated series that was on uh, Cartoon Network. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I loved but, it. I, I thought it was a great show. Yeah, but they're, but the overarching purpose of that show was to sell toys. And then when they canceled I mean, it, people yeah. were like, adults were just mad. Every, all adults were mad. I was mad. You, yeah, yeah, you knew you knew the audience was the one showing up to watch that show. It wasn't the kids. It wasn't the kids. Those people right. who grew up on Batman the Animated Series. It was. It was. I mean, generation. it was more Batman Beyond than it was. I would love to be the Batman protege to to like an old Michael Keaton. Like, yeah. I would like to be Terry McGinnis. That's the dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, Batman awesome. Beyond. Let's Batman all put Beyond. that in the universe too. Okay. <laughs> I, I I was two campaigns. Two campaigns. I'm down for that campaign. Yeah. Can you imagine I was like with an, the Batman? An old. Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's yeah. coming. He's because coming. It'd be, I mean, awesome. It'd be awesome. In the in the in the series, he has a cane, right? He walks with a cane. Yeah, he walks with a cane. Yeah. Yeah. But he's in the flash. He will show up in the flash. Michael yeah. Keaton will show up in the flash. Oh really? Yeah, he will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They're they're the the idea is that Michael Keaton and Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck will both show up as Batman in the Flash because apparently they're trying to the Flash Multiverse? might adapt Flashpoint, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no. Well, they, Where they have they to get change some things now, though, idea, right? Bro. Because uh, <laughs> Cyborg won't be in it, right? They have to change yeah. some well, Cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg would not be in it. No, yeah. at least not that actor. Yeah, I, probably I not, the, probably not at all. the character. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I know in a, uh, in a different interview, Ian, that you had um, kind of going back to the Shakespeare of it all, you had said something along the lines of that you think that superhero shows are like Shakespeare and that we'll always find new takes on these stories because superhero shows explore the idea that we can collectively be something greater than ourselves. What what would you say? My first part of my question is what superhero for you, do you think exemplifies that the most? Mm. For your money anyway. And um, and then also, what about their journey makes what they have to overcome so uh, attract you? Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good question. So with one thing that I, re- I really like, uh, this one line in Superman Returns, 
which nobody needs to see again. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Except for the plane sequence. That plane sequence is fall. Yeah, that's when true. Yeah. Great. But it's the it's um where after so Superman's been gone for a few years because he went to go find Krypton and he comes back to Earth and basically Lois Lane has been saying why the world doesn't need Superman and like she's been putting that in the Daily Planet a lot, like clearly upset that he left. And she says like, yeah, it's an article of why the world doesn't need a doesn't need a savior. And then like he picks her he picks her up for a date and then he flies her up to the top of the city. And he says, listen, and she's like, I don't hear anything. And he says, I do. He says, you claim the world doesn't need a savior, but every day I hear somebody crying out for one. And I was like, yeah, it's wild that this dude sort of has to navigate. What do you, how do you, how do you navigate that? You know, like I think Marvel did a version of, of Superman with the century where it's like this man's, the man's villain is his own crushing guilt that because he can do everything, he has to do everything. And so when he doesn't actually, when he has to make these difficult choices or when he like, when he fails, he really, really suffers. And he can't like, sometimes he can't get out of bed in the morning because, hmm. you know, he's living with his own mistakes. Same thing with like Batman of like, I think Batman is constantly challenged as he's trying to do good in the world. He's challenged by all of the, all of the villains to uh, who sort of make him, who sort of have been inspired by him in a different way. Some of the, you know, some of these villains have been, were inspired by Batman and then are trying to be the counterpoint. And I think he's constantly recon like reconciling with like, am I doing the right thing? Am I handling this the right way? Is this what I'm supposed to be? Is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, I think that was, that for me was the joke at the end of the Joker is that like Bruce Wayne was the Prince of Gotham and then he became the clown Prince of Gotham. And it's like, he basically turned Bruce Wayne into himself, thinking that Bruce Wayne's gonna grow up to be him and then like flip the table. That's was my interpretation at the end. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of true. They're like, like he, like Joker is constantly trying to show that they're the same person, which is really scary for Batman, I think, you know? Mm. And, uh, right. and I think that like, I think to Jupiter's legacy as well, sorry if I keep going. I just like, I, this is what I mean, like all of this stuff. <laughs> All of these superheroes are wrestling with uh, trying to do something great, and like with with Utopian, it's like all my life I've I've done the right thing, and I've, and one day I woke up and everybody hates me, you know. Mm -hmm. I I've lost my best, like I've done the right thing all my life, but now I've lost my best friend, my marriage is suffering, my kids hate me, and now the people I've been saving my entire life are turning their backs on me. Like what what did I do? But at the same time, like. You know, you know, people like same thing back to Superman, like people are crying out for for help. A lot of people stepped up during the pandemic, for example, you know, um, because a lot of people needed some help. That's yeah. my kind of a take. I think, yeah, I think um, that's what I'm drawn to about superheroes and what like the kind of superheroes that I'm, that speak, speak to me in moments in, in comics have spoken to me. I think we talk, uh, we had a whole episode about what makes a superhero. And I think we talk about this in part, but I think you articulated more specifically the crushing weight of expectation is something that they all have to contend with on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's one thing to, in your personal life, to have, if you're Bruce Wayne and you're with some high socialite, you're like, okay, the expectation of my girlfriend. But then as Batman, as an entity, as a, as a thought and as an ideal, you have the entire weight of Gotham. <laughs> and, and it's destruction or salvation on yeah. your shoulders. 
So I, I think that's really a really fascinating thing to follow with each individual superhero that we've discussed and will discuss in the future. Um, so thank, thank you for adding that to our continued conversation. I, I just think that they were very lucky that it wasn't Rolls L who came from like Krypton. Cause I would have been like, I'm the strongest mf -er on this planet. <laughs> oh I'm feeling shit. <laughs> Rolls L. Like I, would, I would not have been like, I would not have been like, hey, how about I help these people? Here is a question for Ian. Ian, if yeah. you had one, only one, because I love, I, I'm actually surprised I never asked this question uh, to everybody here. But like, Ian, if you had one superpower, one, just one, what would you, what would you say is yours? Oh, okay. So here's my other question when everybody asks me this. The counter question is, do other people have powers? Do I live in a world of people with powers? Or, <laughs> Ooh, this is a good question. Or is it just me having a power? Why not? Good question. Why not? Good question. What? Why not? Why not? Like, so, yeah, so it's just me. It's just like maybe there are others out there, but I don't know about them. Yeah. Oh, I want teleportation still. Like I still want like oh. I want I want that jumper life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go anywhere, just like turn around but I, I want mine to be like classy i don't need all the electricity i want i want it to feel like like i'm going behind a curtain like i just like go like this and i'm gone or then i like come out and then back you know <laughs> yeah okay cool cool yes yeah. like a night crawler kind of yeah but i don't need to see where i'm going i could like i could literally just go there just yeah. go there damn all right. and, and you can do you can like like great distances yeah correct i can like i can just like go to france right now and i can go get emily and be like it's time to go home <laughs> 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 you're the most romantic city and you've been here for three seasons you ain't found love yet it's you it's not it's not the city it's you, it's you. <laughs> emily next season is emily in therapy you have a... it still it still rhymes you have a wealth Every, of, the, of these everybody ones. i wish you could see my face right now because i just like <laughs> i'm just holding it because i'm i'm dead okay i'm breathing Whew, dead bye emily um, I kind of, um, before we got you off today, I know that, uh, you've talked in a couple interviews about Doc Mason and because we both went to Dalton, we both had Doc, uh, we were obviously in his, his core classes. And for those who you don't know, uh, Dr. Robert Mason was a math teacher at the Dalton school in middle school, seventh grade to be exact. And he, I think he was my first black teacher. Was he your first? Black teacher. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was so instrumental in, I love math because of Doc Mason, period. Mm. Um, and he has been so instrumental in how I view myself as a Black human being. And I think his superpower was helping other people find their strengths, specifically when it came to math, but also making sure that, you know, he called us all, he's like, call all the girls babies and he always made sure that we were all taken care of because we were all his children <laughs> especially the kids of color because he knew that we didn't have institutional support across the board so i just wanted you to speak to doc mason as a superhero in his own sense of the world word yeah absolutely i mean heroes sometimes being a hero isn't just like saving the day or it's not like uh, being in the press for doing something remarkable Sometimes you can be a hero just doing everyday tasks. And in this case, um, sorry, I get a little emotional. Um, in this case, it's uh, a guy who just helped a kid make sure he ensured that he would pass math. 
which I was going, I was in the Lion King at the time. And so I had to miss math class on Wednesdays. So therefore he would meet up with me on Mondays when I had, so I'd have math twice on Monday. And that the second math class was just a private class with him to either catch me up on what I missed or to tell me what I'm going to miss or to just help me because I was just bad at math in general. And because literally all of it was contingent, me being in the Lion King was contingent upon keeping my grades up. And uh, math was really hard. And like also not being in school was like equally difficult too. And uh, you do, I was doing five out of eight shows every week, you know, sometimes two on Sundays. So then imagine like going home, you're home at midnight. I'd show up at school at eight in the morning with like makeup still on my face, like mascara. Like it looked like, it looked like I got left at prom because I had mascara. <laughs> and I would be like sleeping in class. And so, um, yeah, so I think he was just like a real hero because like also, not for nothing, um, private schools aren't the most gentle to kids of color, at least back then. They didn't, there wasn't a lot to ensure success. And, you know, uh, yeah, so there was like, so him taking a very special initiative to ensure that like I succeeded what meant a lot, you know? Um, so yeah, he was a, he's definitely a hero in my book. Yeah. I just wanted to give some flowers to Dr. Mason, who's still doing his thing. But thank you so much for being here, Ian. We've had a really great time having you on and Thanks talking. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. great. I could stay here for so long. I was going to ask everybody, like, who's everybody's favorite Batman? But I was like, <laughs> 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 my favorite uh, Batman is Kevin Conroy. <laughs> but I know, right? There is. Gotta no give them jewels. Gotta give them jewels. <laughs> Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Agree. But thanks for being here. Uh, first, tell us where we can find you on the interweb so that everyone ah, knows. Yeah. So I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm, I'm at all I do is Quinn. Uh, yeah. And then you can find me on Twitter as well. Just find my name, Ian Quinlan. I'm going to be, I'm on Blue Bloods this year. This like one season 12 of Blue Bloods. So you can find me playing a cop once again. Yeah. So I'm around. Omar Washington. You can find me on Twitter at copyright. That's C O P E R Y T E. Yeah. Just some. Um, Having a great time, Ian. It was great having you. Loved your performances and um, look forward to seeing more. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, Jamal James. You follow me at the Jamal James on Instagram or Black Boy Jedi Magic on TikTok. Thank you for showing up, Ian. I appreciate that. All of your insight today was just great. Thank you. And yeah, and excited for more. Rolls Andre. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Rosie, R O, <laughs> I can't even spell my own name. R-O-L-L-S-I-E. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. And I mean, thank you. What an honor. Learned a lot about the learn, learned a lot. Thank you. Hello, my name's Corinne Scott. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams at I am Corinne Scott, one R, two N's and an E. A lot of photos of my dog, Nebula, who I love, who's getting very whiny. Um, <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Ian. It's always nice to talk to another mixed race comic book nerd actor. There are not a lot of us. True that. Right? <laughs> and as always, don't forget to follow the podcast on IG at Super Black Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Super Podcast. You can let us know your thoughts. Tell us how you enjoyed Ian on Gotham and on anything else you've seen him on, because he's been on plenty of shows and movies over the years. So go check out his IMDb page if you're not sure what those are. My name is Zuri Washington. You can find me on IG at Zuri with a fringe on top. I use she, her pronouns. And as always, should you need heroes, 
We've got your back. We fear no topic we attack. If conversation is what you lack, you'll find it here with Super Black. Peace. Hey there, this is your current day friendly neighborhood host and these are the conventions that are on the horizon. Every episode, we will be highlighting upcoming cons in the hopes that some of our listeners out there will be able to attend in person or online. This week, we want to give a shout out to two. First up is Fan Expo Dallas in Dallas, Texas, happening June 17th to June 19th. The following con is the Toronto Comic Arts Festival happening in Toronto, Ontario, Canada from June 17th to June 19th. For more information on these cons, check out our IG page and follow the link there. Mask up and stay safe. Hope to see you there.